fucking t-pain <laughs> all right welcome back once again to the organic football podcast guys we are back uh knocking out some more news and notes as we approach draft day approach the nfl season i mean you think about it we've kind of seen what happened with baseball and uh things aren't going so great you know trying to get that sport uh, to go off uh, whereas hockey and basketball, they seem to have their shit together. And, uh, you know, so that gives me hope that the NFL is going to have a nice full season for us. And we're just going to keep moving along, bringing you guys all the up-to-date information and send it over to my co-hosts introduce these fellas uh, before we get into the news and notes. Check in over there with you, Rich. What's going on today, man? Hey, buddy. Uh, good to see you. I'm glad we're back, man. Should be a fun time. Looking forward to going through some of the news, but uh, definitely looking forward to the back half, getting into our rankings. Should be a lively discussion, and um, we'll go from there. It should be should be a lot of good fun. Um, I, I'm ready. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, I'm definitely ready. I want to get into it, and uh, I'm excited about this rankings thing in the back half of the show, man, because – uh, we have a lot of uh, similarities that you might expect and also quite a few differences that uh, we'll have to, you know, debate them when we get to that part of the show. Uh, Brad, buddy, send it over to you. Yeah, Todd Gurley's not on my list. Uh, well, I'm just kidding. we're definitely going to get to that. <laughs> I'm feeling good, man. I'm fucking getting pumped, dude, actually. I'm better than good. I'm fucking getting pumped. I am ready to draft, dude. So yeah, let's get this. Uh, let's get these people informed on our strategy. Who's good and who's not, and uh, let's get excited, man. Christmas is almost here. <laughs> uh, that's a good way to put it. All right, guys. So uh, we'll hit some news and notes here. You know, it's been a week since we last uh, recorded, so it is now Sunday, August ninth, when we are recording this episode, and. We're giving you the most up-to-date info that we have at this moment. Uh, and some interesting, you know, I want to start here, Rich. We talked about Ronald Jones and LaShawn McCoy last week. And, uh, you know, just recently, Bruce Arians, the coach, came out and had some thoughts uh, after LaShawn McCoy was signed. And there was some speculation that uh, LaShawn McCoy might take a bigger role. I mean, it's mostly coming from me, I guess. No one else seemed to think that, but uh, – Looks like B.A. has Ronald Jones back. Uh, you think he's propping him up, just making sure, you know, the third-year back doesn't get down on himself? Or you really think he's going to give Ronald Jones that shot, Rich? What are you thinking, man? I'm interested to hear what Brad has to say about this. But, um, yeah, the, the comments kind of came out. He fully backed Ronald Jones as the guy. Now, there was a stretch last season when we kind of heard the same talk during training camp. Um, so I could definitely see it leaning towards that like confidence builder booster kind of thing. But I, I definitely think it's a good sign to hear those words coming from BAs. Yeah, just just like I expected, man. LaShawn McCoy is an insurance policy. Row Row has got the starting <laughs> role. So uh yeah, man, I'm feeling pretty confident. Uh you know, I might even click him up one or two more notches, man. 
And you guys, you can't forget about that that rookie they got there, Keyshawn Vaughn. I think is his name. I don't Keyshawn. Know. That's how it Keyshawn. Is. Keyshawn. <laughs> I know we'll get to it at one point. No, but yeah, Keyshawn Vaughn. He may also have a role. I think I'd rather have Ronald Jones. Uh, well, he might be a, a late round flyer though for a buck. I don't know. Not a late round, but a late flyer. You better be coming at five dollars if you want my Ronald Jones, Roro. I like how Brad is coining a nice little new nickname there, the Roro. Okay. <laughs> Sounds like Brad is planning on putting this guy on his roster. Once he is high right now on huh, Ronald Jones. Once he starts nicknaming him, he is like I do like nicknames. Yeah. You're the nickname master, dude. <laughs> I do like nicknames. I could see Ronald Jones, man. I, I told you I've seen on his tape, he he's got good tape, so he's got the talent. Uh, let's see if they can give him the real trusting factor and put it in his hands. Um, 20 touches a game, you could see this guy really explode. So I'd be looking forward to that, man. All right, so moving on, guys, we're going to talk about this uh, situation in Miami. A couple of the Dolphins receivers have opted out. Uh, more of the you know secondary receivers, I guess you would say, but uh, the fourth or fifth guys. But, yeah, still a, still a big blow and really – uh, that receiving core is down to only a select few. What do you think, Rich? Yeah, pretty wild. Um, they are pretty much down. I'm, I'm trying to look up their roster right now, but um, they are pretty much down to Parker, Devontae Parker, and Preston Williams as they're really two wide receivers that are left. Um, they signed somebody today. I forget his name, but really just like, you know, a, a depth guy. I think it was uh, Chester Rogers is who they signed. Chester Rogers, yeah. He's a decent receiver. But I mean, literally anyone on their roster from three to seven, they're all the same guy and they're all not a factor. Um, so with that being said, I, I'm kind of it actually turns me on a little bit more towards the receivers and the pass catchers that exist there. Like I, I'm kind of buying in a little bit. A little bit more on Devontae Parker. He's kind of my boy. I like that guy. Um, I like Preston Williams a lot. Kid came off of uh, a great stretch of games last year and got an injury. So I think he's a kind of an interesting play myself. And, uh, of course, Mike Giusecki at, at tight end. I think their values all bump up a little bit because of this. I think they're the guys that are there and the guys that are going to be trusted. I kind of feel the opposite. I feel like there's less people and less talent on the field. So there's going to be more quality people hunkering down on Devontae Parker. So, you know, he's going to get an extra hover coverage guy where before he was just going to get straight up because other people had to watch, you know, the other guys in the field, Hearns and what was it, Wilson? Yeah. Yeah, they lost so. Hearns and Albert Wilson. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I see that. But I think these are two very talented wide receivers. When you look at Devontae Parker and Preston Williams – I think they're kind of what you look for in your outside wide receivers. So um, I think there's just enough talent there to hold it up for those guys to really thrive. It'll be interesting to see, I guess. We'll see who's right. But I, I kind of feel like it will tick up their value. You think it ticks down? And I hope I hope people do think it ticks down in our league. Yeah, they weren't really on my board anyways because I like to have people on my team on good winning teams. But – that being said, I think this hurts their team and takes them down. So, yeah. So, you can have them for cheap. Groovy. Groovy. Yeah. Yeah, I still like uh, Parker and Williams, uh, you know, just with uh, Fitzmagic back there, man. Uh, I don't know. That guy, he can just go off. So, they've, these guys might be valuable uh, at certain weeks this season for sure. And I'd say Parker's definitely a pretty nice draft. Well, Parker for sure, but 
he's going to grab grab too much coverage. So yeah, but Brad, I mean, you have to understand. Um, there's a certain level. I mean, I've heard you kind of make that point before, but there's a certain level of wide receiver that it doesn't matter when you give them bracket coverage. They're beating that. They're still beating that. When he has his mind focused, he is right on that level. Yeah, I'm not a firm believer yet, but, I mean, shit, it took me like four years to turn around to Julio, so that makes sense. Truth be told, the guy doesn't have enough of it shown on tape. He only really did it last season. Before that, everybody said, oh, this guy's a bust. But he's always had the talent. I felt like he put it together last year. I had him on my roster. So I got to I, – I watched a lot more tape. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I watch tape of everyone, but I'm also super focused on my players during the season. I'm definitely watching their tape. So what I've seen, I definitely am enthralled with that kid. I think he's a very high-end talent at wide receiver. So, yeah, as, that's what I'm saying. Like, as long as he's focused and, and puts in that mindset, I definitely think he's a high-end wide receiver. I think we'll get there later, but I, I think he kind of almost broke our top 12 for all of us, or he was pretty close. So I think we see the value in that kid. And, and yes, that maybe that does affect your rankings a little bit. Maybe you'll bump him down. A couple of spots. Yeah. I think it's funny that you said I've watched more tape, Rich. I think you've watched more tape than like 95% of the people out there. So <laughs> I think that's a funny assessment you just made. Maybe maybe 93.5%, but yeah. He's literally watched every game <laughs> last year, every play, so. If you've done that, you can join the the books. Get that NFL Game Pass, and I tell you, man, that that open world. <laughs> All right, guys. So another bit of news uh, that came down: uh, unfortunate situation out there in Washington. Uh, looks like Darius Geis uh, he got arrested. I believe it was some type of domestic issue, and uh, promptly released from the Washington football team. Uh, Brad, what are your thoughts hearing that Darius Geis is no longer a part of this team and what it means for Adrian Peterson's value and also uh, Antonio Gibson, the rookie's value? Well, honestly, Adrian Peterson was never really on my list before. After this, and neither was Geis for that matter. But with this being said, and I did read an article that Peterson really wants to overcome Emmett Smith's record as being the number one leading rusher. I've seen that guy, he's almost like ageless. So to me, he might be worth in the late, late rounds getting him for a couple bucks. I think he could be a workhorse. He could be those 20 carry back. I've seen him get 100 yards in a game easy at the age of what, 30 plus? How old is he? You guys know? I think he's about 35. Yeah, 35. Jesus, still running the ball. That's crazy. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, he, he actually creeped on my list with the news. I put him on my list this morning. He's around. I, I think that's an interesting point you made about a motivated, like a motivation factor. I like to look for that in players. Like, what is driving them this season? That's a nice little tidbit about Adrian Peterson. That That's good stuff. I'm, I'm pretty bullish on the, the kid as well, Antonio Gibson. Um, kind of like a hybrid guy. He can play the wide receiver can play the running back for sure too so um almost like a like they've had chris thompson there but like a big version he's a he's a big guy so he's a, a bigger running back but he can still do all that same stuff so i'm i'm interested to see what comes with that kid he might be worth a dollar now he might be worth two dollars on draft day i i think i think the the backfield's interesting and who's the head coach now too you know ron rivera yeah and how who did he used to have Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey, yeah. <laughs> and how did he use him? He used him a yeah. lot. Yeah. So I, I could see both these players being valuable, man. I could see Adrian yeah. Peterson scooping up a lot of touchdowns. I could see Antonio Gibson going out there and just really making plays, being a big time playmaker for them. So 
I'm a little bit bullish on this situation. Sneaky, really, this year, Washington football team could be a sneaky team that actually performs pretty well this season. I'm, yeah. I'm kind of a little bit bullish on their players. Yeah, guys. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure uh, exactly how this backfield will shake out. I do like the rookie. I just told you. We just told you. <laughs> I just told okay. you. <laughs> well, well what, the one thing I am sure about, though, is uh, Darius guys. you know, Maybe he gives a new meaning to the phrase uh, handcuff running back. But anyways, too soon. Moving on. Uh... Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, <laughs> I think it's funny when this stuff comes up. We have we have to put that separation aside. Like, that that thing is terrible. Like, that kid, whatever, get out of here, too. I, I agree. Obviously, got to go. We just got to talk about it as, as fantasy stuff, and it is what it is. But, yeah, he's um, – what a goofball. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Rich, and we got a little bit of lighter bit of news for everybody. Lighter news, yeah. Yeah, we've been mispronouncing a uh, certain running back's name, and I don't know how we managed to do this, especially considering, you know, well, since episode two, I've been proclaiming my love for this running back. First now. off, I call them Dash to prevent this. <laughs> I think I think it's good. I think we came up with that um, nickname so that it kind of takes that out of the equation. But if we have to get there, I did I did get this little tidbit for us this week, pronouncing our Kansas City starting running back, Clyde Edwards Elair. You do not pronounce the H, so it is Clyde Edwards Elair. Uh, so I got that little tidbit this week from a little unknown source, or maybe it's a known source, but um, yeah. Uh, we got that, so that's how we'll pronounce it. But obviously, us here at Organic Football, we like to go with the dash. Or Elair the Eclair. Whatever you want well, to go with. See, this, the nickname Master, he rolls with anything you throw at him. I love it. I like Dash. Elair. Yeah, the silent H. That'll get you every time. All right. Well, that's good to know, man. Thanks for clearing that up. I, I want to I try to say people's names right. <laughs> Even Clyde Edwards, Elair, and Equinomia St. Brown. I want to get it right. Yeah. So what do you uh, guys you... think this correct pronunciation does to his value? Do you think it goes oh, up? Oh, yeah. Skyrocket. I'm going to bump him up. This, guy, this guy's top five for me, man. I mean – <laughs> 75 bucks do it uh, yeah kansas city offense let's go his name who doesn't want to declare <laughs> declares are delicious let's do this yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe i'll get a snack <laughs> i'm pretty i'm pretty stoned i can i could use a snack <laughs> let's uh let's run through this real quick uh rich you, I know you're one of these guys. Not only do you watch a lot of tape, but you know you go behind the scenes and watch a lot of the workout videos and some of the uh, just training clips that you can see on some of these different players. And I'm just wondering, do you think you know going that level type of research affects some of your draft day decisions when you're just watching these guys workouts, doing cone drills, just putting up a ton of weight? For instance, a guy like DK Metcalf. I don't know what that guy benches. That guy benches insane numbers. I'm, I'm not sure about his yeah. numbers, but yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah, I do see a lot of tape. And like when you're when you're on like social media type stuff, you're seeing a lot of that stuff. I've seen Kittle, like you said, running through the cone drills and the shuttle drills. It just like he just looks insane just going through it. You can just see that being on the other side of that, man, would that really test you as a defense. So um, some of this stuff, you know, it's just, you know, all aesthetic. I mean, you're just saying, okay, wow, this I'm getting wowed by what I'm seeing here. You know, you see a DK and he's just absolutely huge. And you think to yourself, well, who's going to defend this guy? Some of this stuff. So, I mean, it'll swirl through my head. 
I actually have gotten to the point where I try to like actually not really pay attention to it. I've gotten swayed before a little bit. And, and what does it really say? You know, there was a story this week that I read. It kind of piqued my interest about this. Um, they say Marquise Brown of the Ravens has uh, been working out, getting in shape. He's added 23 pounds of muscle this offseason. So, I mean, to me, that actually, like, my initial obvious thought is, wow, okay, Marquise Brown with 23 more pounds. So, I don't know how you guys view those type of situations, but I thought it was kind of interesting. It is something that crosses our paths. It is information that you have to digest and say, how do I take this and turn it into fantasy knowledge? Yeah, man. And uh, I can admit, I got caught up in the hype last year, the little David Montgomery hype train, and Uh a lot of it started for me was – uh, workout video and it was in the it was in training camp and he was just hitting a crazy cone drill just crushing it and uh, I think there was some contact like videos that I saw and he's just making these awesome cuts and yeah I bought into the hype man bottom line and it didn't work out you know hopefully Montgomery has you know a step up in his sophomore season yeah I know what you're saying man you can't kind of get caught up in that hype train man and get that tunnel vision and go I gotta get this guy yeah do you guys hear see David Johnson's workout video holy shit that guy was leaping over boxes man and then look what he did, nothing. So, and do you guys remember Johnny Menzel throwing that football all around into hoops and stuff? <laughs> what did that fucking do to his career? Well, he, you know, he might be a CFL uh, uh, <laughs> Hall of Famer, man. He's a, he might be a star for the Rough Riders. You don't know, man. But no, I think it's interesting. Um, just in, you know, like the Marquise Brown. What, what, what do you guys think about that? Does that, does that bump him up your board a little bit this year? You, that he's put on twenty three pounds. The other thing that was in that article is they talked about he did have a foot injury last year. And, like, we kind of knew that last year, and it really did limit his effectiveness. So I think those kind of those two little pieces, to me, have kind of – they've cranked up the ammo on that guy at least. I, I'm thinking to myself, okay, he's put on 22 pounds. Last year, one of the things I thought went on was that he looked a little slight, that it was going to be a little tougher for him. Going to get injured more at that slight weight. He was at 157, now he's at 180. So that's more of a playing weight, in my opinion. Yeah, 157 to 180, that's not a huge gain. If you went from like 180 to 205 or something, at a certain point you start to wonder, is this weight going to slow him down? Versus like, yeah, he's got more muscle, but is he going to be quick and off the line or are they just going to pick him apart, you know? So at a certain point it does, but 157 in the NFL, that's pretty slim. So I think – I think 180 is pretty tiny, too. I mean, he was effective later until he got injured. So if he's a little more sturdy this year and doesn't get injured, hopefully, he's the number one wide receiver in a, in a top five offense. Well, not only that, but when you're 157, you're going for a 50-50 ball and you get hit, you're going to the ground. He goes up at 180, you know, he hits a smaller D-bag at 170 you know, or something, you know. He, he wins, and then maybe he goes forward and gets that touchdown or gets another 20 yards, so. But I, I do like that situation. Right on, guys. So we are going to go ahead and move on. I got a little uh, fantasy playoff schedule kind of breakdown I uh, want to go through with you guys. But before we get there, uh, Rich, I kind of missed this in the intro, but I guess now is as good a time as ever. People are listening to the episode. So let's go ahead and run through our uh, socials and our Instagram and everything, man. While we got the people on the hook here and they'll know where to find us before we get back into the fantasy talk. Yeah, and real quick, Rich, let's uh, just run through for the listeners, for the fans, how they can interact with us. Uh, You know, always good to get the word out. We love hearing from everybody on Instagram and Facebook and everything. And 
Uh, we're now on several uh, podcast platforms, including one that I'm a fan of. Uh, we will be shortly, at least. I don't think we've got the clearance yet. That one is going to be Stitcher. But, uh, Rich, if you want to break down uh, where the fans can find us, man, I appreciate it. Yeah, man, for sure. Um, you're correct. I did get us submitted into Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and Pandora, just a few more services. Uh, we've always been out there on Apple. If you go into your podcast app and search us up, Organic Football Podcast, hit us up on there. You can search in there. Uh, same thing with Spotify. Go and search in there. You'll find us real easy. Uh, we did change our logo or graphic up a little bit. So check us out. Check that, no that new graphic out. Tell us what you think. Um, but yeah, hit us up on the socials. Again, Organic Football Podcast podcast so hit us up and we appreciate your likes follows uh subscribes all those things rating reviews hit them up appreciate it all right guys so one thing i was gonna uh run through real quick uh this little top three fantasy playoff schedules it's something i'd like to look at before the draft and also you know maybe week five week six of the season when you're considering trades you always want to take a look at that fantasy playoff schedule. Well, we'll go through the top three that I've identified here as the best schedules. Uh, and you're just talking about best in the sense of the most fantasy points, you know, are going to be scored. So, and it starts, surprise, surprise, guys, with the Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> they have the top fantasy playoff schedule, believe it or not. Check this out. In week 14, they're at Cleveland. Then week 15, they're home to Jacksonville. Week 16, home to the Giants. So Ooh. right off the bat, two of the three are home games, and they're against Jacksonville and the Giants. Yeah. So, the only thing that can hurt them is if they win every single game and they want to rest people. But that, Jesus, that's yep. dangerous. That is nice. For a team that could be coming after 16-0, and 0, you know, it's funny because I, I think I told you, Mark, I kind of don't necessarily check in on this very early usually. And I was like, yeah, it's kind of an interesting concept. But, um, man, a stat like that kind of, like, throws me, man. That's that's one, like, okay, Jacksonville and the Giants. I can really project that out. That It's hard to project to the back half of the season this early, but, man, does that stick out. Yeah, it's just juicy, man. That's <laughs> juicy matchups. That's nice. So you and you just think about all the Ravens skill between Lamar yeah. Jackson, Mark Ingram. Defense. I mean, even by that time of the season, maybe J.K. Dobbins is making an impact. The defense, you know? man. Yeah, the defense. Yeah. You got Hollywood Brown, Mark Andrews. Yeah. So all of those guys are a little tick up. I already have a lot of Ravens ranked high. I'm just super high on this offense this year. But, you know, this is just another tick up for me in that direction. Yeah, that's the Even my boy Jay Tuck, you know, another reason for me to draft Jay Tuck. I, I can find a million reasons to draft him. That's just one. <laughs> Did you see like 20 milligrams high on them or like 30 milligrams high on the offense? <laughs> Dude. Uh, uh, 15, 15. 15. That's I'm pretty a, good, though. That's, that's a solid high. I've told you. I'm a lightweight, bro. Can't hang with you guys. He loves that man in his foot. <laughs> the leg. So my second one real quick, guys, and this is another nice one. The San Francisco 49ers. So check out this uh, fantasy playoff schedule. And I'm thinking more for, you know, George Kittle in the run game, uh, potentially the defense. But week 14, San Francisco is home to the Washington football team. In week 15, so that's going to be the semifinal week, they will be at the Dallas Cowboys week 16 at Arizona. Definitely not as juicy as the Ravens, but I think uh, could produce some nice games for the 49ers skill, especially George Kittle in that stretch. Yeah, honestly, I kind of like scoffed a little bit at first, but then I think about that Arizona game, and I could see that thing opening up. Those are good defenses, but 
my goodness, are they probably going to be good offenses probably by the back half of the season. So I could see it really opening up. You got Kyle Shanahan versus Cliff Kingsbury. I could see that game opening wide up. So I actually like projecting that out early, but I kind of agree again. That, that sounds like a juicy kind of game I might want to get on both sides of. Like even the defenses, they'll make their plays. But I mean, I do, I, I would picture that opening up. I, I could see that game being a good game to get involved with. Yeah, the Cardinals always play tough when they're at home. You know, it's not easy for teams to come into that house and win. I think Simmons, too, is a uh, – I think he's going to kind of shut down tight ends this year. I think they got a lot more beefy at the linebacker position. So, actually, I think that's not as juicy of a matchup. It's nothing to be scared of or shy me away from a Kittle. Like, oh, I don't like this matchup at the end. I can't consider it juicy at all. Nothing to be scared of, but just not juicy. Well, I mean, yeah, and we're all kind of putting a lot of faith in Isaiah Simmons, you know, the rookie linebacker, and I'm sure uh, Cliff Kingsbury's putting a lot of faith in him too. So hopefully he can contain the tight end position for the cards. That would be a, a welcome uh, sight, wouldn't it, guys? Isaiah the Messiah, man. Let's do it. He's going for more nicknames. You hear that? He's going for <laughs> yeah, more nicknames. Isaiah the Messiah. Yeah, that's nice too. <laughs> Third one on the top end here, fellas, is going to be the Tennessee Titans. So you think about the big bruiser, Derrick Henry, in the fantasy playoffs. That's a nice asset to have. You get to that time of year. Uh, A.J. Brown, Ryan Tannehill, guys like that. So week 14, Tennessee's at Jacksonville. Uh, Week 15, they're home to the Detroit Lions. And week 16 at Green Bay. Dude. So that was one that I thought was pretty nice uh, for Derrick Henry, especially. Yeah, I like those a lot. Mark, you brought the good shit today, man. I like these ones. <laughs> I'll tell you what, because especially I've, I had already had this little theory about Tennessee that the back half of the season is when they really start to click and grind on people because I think – Back half of the season is when everybody's – man, the defenses are dinged up. They've taken their injuries. And then here comes Mr. Derrick Henry. And not only that, here comes Derrick Henry. Here comes a guy like Joe New Smith. Here comes a guy like A.J. Brown. These guys are blocking. These guys are hitting people. They're smash mouth. Here's Vrabel telling them what to do out there, man. These guys are smash mouth. So by the back half of that season and they get that schedule – Ooh, that's juicy. I like it, man. You brought the shit today. That's that's good shit. <laughs> I like it. And I could see that Green Bay game coming down to like a playoff position where they need that win to get like maybe holding field advantage. So even though they're playing a little tougher team, I see them bringing it that game. Project this out for that week 16 Green Bay game, right? Tennessee at Green Bay, Brad. So think about it. It's a championship game. It's Green Bay at the end of December. It's probably going to be snow, probably going to be colder than shit. You got Aaron Jones on one side and Derrick Henry on the other side of the ball. And, you know, if you're in the championship game with one of those two guys, you're going to be feeling pretty good, man. They're going to be running the ball in that game. Yeah. Green Bay at the end of December is not a friendly place. That's good shit. All right, so real quick, guys. You know, we talked about the top schedules. Uh, I think we hit some pretty good ones there on the fantasy playoff schedules. Uh, Here's some bottom three, maybe some guys you might have second thoughts about drafting, you know, because I know all three of us, we – plan on making the playoffs every year we strive to make the playoffs so we're going to build our roster like we're going to make the playoffs every year and uh these might be some teams you want to avoid so checking out the top spot on the roughest fantasy playoff schedule that's going to be the buffalo bills so you know think about guys like josh allen somebody i know you that you guys are both high on week 14 buffalo is home to pittsburgh first round of the playoffs fantasy playoffs 
Uh, week 15 at Denver, they travel two mile high. Always a tough place to play, especially in December. Then week 16 at New England. So not a lot to like about that schedule for the Bills. I agree. I agree. That's pretty rough. That's pretty rough for the Bills. Uh, when it relates to Josh Allen, I'll tell you, I think he's going to mature a bit this year and and kind of thrive in those situations a little bit. So not that he maybe won't be outstanding and stellar in those matchups against uh, the Steelers. I could see that being a rough game, but I also see that kind of leaning towards him using his feet a little bit. So it doesn't necessarily scare me off, but I do see that. Yeah, I, I, I do see some tough matchups there, which, you know, that I'm just saying a quarterback of his stature and of his talent with the feet and bombing it out, um, it could it could end up playing out in your favor. You could end up seeing some good plays in your favor that way. Yeah, the one that really scares me is Pittsburgh because I do think Pittsburgh will be a top three defense this year. You know, that being said, you know, Denver, I think Rich – like you said, he'll turn to a foot game. He'll get some rushing touchdowns. And, you know, the ball travels pretty far in that, in that low, uh, what do you call it, density air. So that part doesn't really scare me. But the problem is if he doesn't beat Pittsburgh and he gets a shitty game, it's hard to advance to the championship game. So that's kind of got to be in the forefront of your mind. Yeah, that's a good point, man. And that kind of ties into uh, this next one. Uh, that's going to be the Houston Texans are the next one up on the list. And there's already enough turmoil and uh, question marks, I guess, on the Houston Texans this year. And then you look at this fantasy playoff schedule. you got week 14 at Chicago, uh, week 15 at Indianapolis for the Houston Texans. So week 16, if you can manage to get to the championship game in your league, you know, uh, they are home to the Bengals, which is nice. But that week 14 and 15, how they start the fantasy playoffs is a little bit rough. So Deshaun Watson at Chicago and at Indy, uh, at Chicago in winter. So, Brad, what are you thinking, man, about uh, that playoff schedule with week 14 at Chicago, week 15 at Indy? A little bit uh, rough. Oh, a little bit rough. (laughs) Dangerously rough. Scary as hell. Yes. I mean, first off, like I said, I've never been high on Houston anyways. I mean, I'm high as shit (laughs) all the time. But not on Houston, I'll tell you that. But, yeah, so they're going against Chicago. Yeah, that scares me. Because, like you said, Chicago, Max going to come back. Top five defense, possibly. And then Indy, who I think is a sleeper defense, you know, playing for a possible playoff spot. I don't know, man. I could see Houston actually losing and not even making the playoffs because of that schedule. So, definitely a downturn spiral for them. So, abandon ship and trade before that or don't invest at all. I'm ready to answer. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> Let me go to Rich. Rich, uh, do you have any thoughts? <laughs> I do have thoughts, okay. now, man. I'm on it. <laughs> Leave this shit. It's funny. Uh, no. <laughs> no, anyway, uh, I do have some thoughts. That's that's interesting that you say that. I, I think that I'm not very in on Houston this year. They will have some uh, – they'll probably have a couple offensive standouts, and I do think it's a good idea to kind of dump shit before this. Um, I could see this being the exact time in the season when the wheels are finally falling off the whole way. They, they just ain't going to make it now. And so that, that key game against Indy that Brad talked about, I could definitely see that going Indy's way. I, I have Indy as a sleeper to be winning that division, and I see that as being a key game to pretty much knock them out. So, yeah, I lean that way. That's that's a shitty schedule. Deshaun Watson and David Johnson maybe uh, take a little notch or two down. 
based on that? Ship him. I don't, I don't really have interest in David Johnson this year, but yeah, even even to Deshaun Watson, like that might be the type of guy to have on your team and get some good value out of him. And then when you're coming up on your trade deadline, see if you can start snaking some skill out of it, because I'm, I'm a proponent of using quarterback as a position where I know that there's depth. So if I need to, I can squeeze a whole running back out of the situation. If I can find that right trade partner right before the deadline. Right on. Yep. And then the third one real quick guys, before we uh, hit the old intermission here, uh, we have number three, the Minnesota Vikings. So, Delvin Cook, maybe a little bit of tough sledding in the fantasy playoffs. Check this out. Week 14 at Tampa Bay. Uh, week 15, they have a home game against the Chicago Bears. And week 16, they travel to New Orleans. So they're at the Saints in the championship game. So that's one that, yeah, a little bit rough, a little bit of tough sledding. Yeah, yeah, Mark, I really got to give you praise again, man. You found some nuggets here. Um, definitely, definitely some shit to fucking keep in mind for sure. Uh, look out. I don't like that. That's three, maybe of what we see three of the top six run defenses at those three specific games. Well, sprinkle on the saints too. You know how they feel about the, Oh, the Vikings. Oh, they have an ax to grind, bro. They do. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. That could be a playoff contention. You know Champagne's going to bring that shit. So. Wow. Yeah. He, I mean, he might even, like, throw 50 bucks on whoever hits Dalvin Cook. Oh. <laughs> are, you, are you calling a bounty gate again? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> After two playoff exits like that, shit goes fucking crazy, man. That's rough sledding. Man. Yeah, a little bit of tough sledding, though, man. So, that yeah, that's it, man. I just – Found those uh, six teams, you know, between the three on the top, three on the bottom, is something to just kind of keep in mind uh, on draft day. You know, it might not cloud your judgment or change your decisions, but also, you know, you check in, like we said, Richie, check in in the middle of the season. Like, what is this fantasy playoff schedule? And then really try to hone in on those trades. You know, I know that's something you take into consideration uh, once we get further into the season. Oh, yeah. I think this is a good good exercise to continue as you get through chunks of the season. I usually like to take the NFL season and chunk it, you know, four games at a time. When I get through four, kind of reevaluate, I reset fully and say, what did I think I knew and how did that turn out? And now what do I know? And that's always got to evolve. You're not going to be a good fantasy manager. And that does have to shift you as you go through the season. You can't take what you thought you knew preseason and apply it to week eight and think it's just going to be an end all. So you have to adjust to evolve every season, especially this season, this season, the season of evolving. So be ready for that, y'all. All right, guys. Well, we've arrived at the old uh, halfway point of the episode. And uh, you know what that means, Brad? Kaka! that's right it's time for the herbal intermission and uh yeah it turns out that uh well we talked about our fantasy football and we have arrived here and now it's time to smoke so rich send it over to you first buddy uh what are you puffing on today my friend all right guys i'm going for another select elite cartridge um, I also saw on their Instagram, they're starting to unveil select live resin cartridges, 
which um, should be like a nice little step up. I'm looking forward to those guys. So look forward to those in soon. Um, but I've got a regular Select Elite uh, cartridge here. Bam, I've got a monster cookies today. I'm gonna go the Indica route. Brad, we discussed it last week. Um, Brad never really goes with the Indicas. Never. Go with some Indica today. Never. Never goes with the Indicas. Um, I'm, I'm willing to dabble on each side of the aisle and see both viewpoints and, and, and be prepared for both sides. So I'll take uh, some Indica today. I'll do some Monster Cookies, which is uh, an Indica strain, full Indica, crossing Girl Scout cookies and Granddaddy Purple. So two, two very nice very nice strains if you're an indica love these are good ones um yeah um so it definitely says in my terpenes i'm getting the peppery taste the citrus taste and a little bit of peanuts. so let's um let's see if that plans out i'm definitely willing to take quite a few puffs of this thing and we're gonna talk some rankings so might as well chill out man i they done the work we just get to sit back and talk about them now and have some fun and this, this should be good to do that with this nice indica. Hell yeah, man. And I'm excited to talk about these rankings. Uh, yeah, we're going to have fun with that. Brad, so I think you might want to go ahead and join Rich in the intermission today. I mean, is Rich going to tag you in, man? Is this is this going to be just... Yeah. Mark, I want everyone to join us today. Everyone tag. Everyone's to join us. It is a big circle. Everyone is welcome. Sit down. Sit down and puff it. Since I have the microphone, I will might as well tell people what I'm enjoying today. So what I actually, believe it or not, I went to, back to my good buddies down there at Harvest and Chandler. And, uh, you know, they helped me up with the same old good venom extracts. And I was such a big fan of that Sour Power Mark, I went and got 10 more of them. I was, I'm <laughs> heavy on these things, man. Talking pure sativas to the max. Like, literally, I smoked that shit, and I'm starting thinking, like, I got to do this, I got to do this, I got to do this, I got to do this. And I feel comfortable. That's good. I'm in my zone. So, yeah, I can't wait to smoke this and do all my research. You guys are fucked. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Sour Power, definitely, um, definitely a good sativa, guys. Uh, it says we've got a cross between Starbud, which I've not heard of, and East Coast Sour Diesel. So I think I think I know that Brad has been a fan of just straight up Sour Diesel before. So yeah. heavy hitters, heavy, heavy hitters, and Sativers to the max. Four-time medal winner, right, Rich? Uh, I think we yeah, three-time Cannabis Cup Four. winning Sour Power man. You forgot my medal. I give him my medal. Yeah. You've always uh, talked about it before about like people always have their favorite strain and that perfect strain for them. Yeah. And I never truly got it. It's like true love. You know, you don't get it till you finally see it, you know. And with that sour power, man, it's true love, man. There is one that really just matches up with people. I'm telling you, like you got green crack, I got sour power. I've got green crack, but there's a there's a couple around it too. That is really green crack is the one that I I, I gravitate But um yeah, I think that there's one for everyone. I think there's somewhere in a hybrid for some people, somewhere in a indica for some people, but it's out there. There's a good strain, so you might as well get to trying and finding it. And ladies and gentlemen, when you find it, it's magic. It is magic. <laughs> 
That's awesome. <laughs> All right, man. That was one of the most uh, eloquent herbal intermissions we've ever had, guys. I'm going to let you guys wax a static on uh, every week, man. All right. That's cool, man. Uh, I guess we go ahead and... <laughs> sativa, buddy. Sativas, both of them. There's so many benefits. All right. Uh, yeah, guys, we're going to move it along and, you know, wrap up that little herbal intermission and, you know... Yeah, it was actually nice, man. You guys dropped some pretty nice knowledge on everybody. <laughs> I didn't even take a hit. That's how good this team is. Pump the brakes. All right, we're putting it in reverse. We are. I not, spoke now, though. We are not wrapping up the herbal intermission. We are extending it. In fact. No. <laughs> guys, I oh I didn't put it in the notes, but I I had meant to say full intermission, full fledged. We were going to go off today. Yeah, nice, good, right. A nice full-fledged intermission. We were going to get some, That's kind of the point here. <laughs> but no, so anyway, I've taken... We, we haven't been back to it, but I've taken myself about four nice full drags on the Monster Cookies. And I found it to be delicious. Uh, a, a pretty earthy tone to it. And I'm feeling pretty good. Feeling pretty stoned out the gate. Uh, we'll see how I do on the Indica. I've got a coffee to combat it a little bit, so we'll see how it goes. <laughs> there you go. Thinking ahead. I like that. I could use the body high, though. I could tell you that much right now. So i got a sore body. I'm good for that. So give me uh, give me some indica. See how it kicks in. Hell yeah. Brad, how's your sour power, man? Sour power hour. Sour power, man. I'm telling you. Brad, it let's do a sour power wonderful. hour. You're going to have uh, six hits in the next hour as we're recording. Sounds like a challenge. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> Brad is not the type to back down. Even though I can go to sleep at any time, <laughs> that shit might keep me up. Yeah, All right, let's let's do some now. Now maybe we can close the. Come on, guys. Let's, okay, let's talk yes. football. We're, we're moving on to football. It sounds like. All right, guys. So yeah, we're gonna uh, wrap up that little herbal intermission, and it was another glorious one. A little bit of a extended bonus cut. I uh, forgot about Brad over there for a minute, but. Um, yeah, we're all good, and we are ready to talk about our uh, rankings. So, guys, we all did our rankings. We did our lists, you know, our first rankings of the year. Obviously, we are coming at it from the perspective of the $200 auction budget, non-PPR league. So, just want to throw that out there. This is what we're ranking that based on. And, uh, you know, we had a lot of similar thoughts at the top, Rich, don't you think? I mean... We could kind of run through what we were thinking at running back. And, you know, maybe the top four, we got a lot of similarities, but maybe a little bit mixed orders. What do you think, man? Yeah, but we saw we saw that we did all have a consensus number one at running back. Um, I think it was pretty clear cut for all of us to kind of envision it as uh, Christian McCaffrey as being the number one guy this year. Yep. Regardless um, – of a coaching change, a quarterback change. I think we all see that he's a super talented back. So I think, I think that comes in clear. Uh, that guy's the guy to get, um, but you're going to have to pay for him. Understand that. I mean, the, the season he had last year, you're going to have to pay for that. That's the, everybody's seen him be number one and tore away from everybody. So you're going to have to come get it. Come get it. Like, he's yours. Like, come take him from you. Oh, it was mine last year. I mean, like, uh, Okay. I'm just hearing these words you use. That's all I'm saying. He's a consensus number one running back, though. So, I mean, that's – I'm just saying I expect to pay for it. 
Yeah, I would I would word it like saying you gotta go get it. And you gotta say you gotta come get it. Get it. Come <laughs> get it. Yeah. He's saying come take uh, it from uh, me. <laughs> Red Rich is saying, yo, I was the last one to have Christian McCaffrey on my team. I had him. Yeah. <laughs> I had him. Real quick, I did think it was interesting. We had one through four. All of our rankings were the same four names. We had a little bit of different order. We had the McCaffrey, uh, Zeke, Kamara, and Henry as our top four. So that was all consensus, just a little different slotting. Uh, and then I would say Mark. <laughs> things got a little thing. Things change at number five for, between us. The thing about me, man, with my rankings, I like to throw. Excellent point, Rich. Excellent I like to point. throw curveballs in there, man, because uh, there's just always curveballs every year in the NFL. You know, you could put your top rankings out there, but there's guys that always pop up and do what you aren't expecting them to. So, you know, I identified Todd Gurley as a guy that I thought might uh, ascend. I got him at number five in my ranks, and hey, people call me crazy, but. Yeah, that's where I put him. You know, that's yeah. I think it's great, Mark. You haven't known number five, which you know he could possibly do that. But I think the most astonishing thing is that he will be the MVP of this league <laughs> at number five running back. <laughs> I mean, as you predicted, he was going to be the MVP. So that's that's wonderful that the number five running back in the league will be the MVP. I think that's awesome. I think we have to say that Mark was maybe using a little hyperbole that day. I meant just my my MVP, my personal MVP. Like, he's my most valuable player. That's all. In his heart. Oh. Okay. 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 Well, that makes sense. The number five still I'm pretty out there, though. Bold statement. I'm, I'm not afraid of making uh, bold statements, man. I'm not afraid. It's bold. It never struck me as one. But. Guys, where did you guys have Ty Gurley ranked, just out of curiosity? So, yes, Mark had, Mark did have uh, Todd Gurley sitting at number five, and I'm going to go ahead and look at um, – looking up and down Brad's list, and I just – I can't find – He might have been 25. And I, I don't see his name. He was probably 25. Oh, so he didn't make the list. Uh, well, he came in on my list, Todd Gurley. He did make my list, 24. But then I, re- I I did revisit since, and I will be updating. I think we just keep updating. It should be really good news for you. He should be very happy about it, really. Yeah. If you have that buy-in, then you should want to hear this. If, if Todd Gurley ends up on my team, it's going to be good news for me and bad news for everybody else. That's all I'm going to say. That's exactly right. Okay, <laughs> and that's what we're saying is if you've got that plan, like to me though, like as a fantasy manager, I think that is good that you're like that. At least if you have the buy, then be the guy who has the buy-in. Because guess what? If if nobody else has it and you just do, then you're gonna get that guy on the cheap and will propel your your team. That will propel you forward. You want your value, your perceived value, to down somehow if you can. Like I'm looking at Miles Sanders, well, and I'm telling myself if I can, if 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 Devontae Freeman comes in there, that perceived value goes down. I want that. I, I know the talent, so I'm I'm in. I'm wholesale in on a guy. Let's let's drive down his perceived value. Let's let everybody look in a different view. Yeah, well, I agree with everything you just said, Rich. Every time we've talked about Todd <laughs> Gurley was being thirty-five to fifty dollars. Yeah. Well, we weren't talking about his value dropping down. So, of course, if his value drops to $5, I'm interested. Yeah. <laughs> but we've uh, always no. referred to him as a 
fifty dollar back, which means get the fuck out of here. No. <laughs> well, I've always referred to him as Woo. that. You guys have not referred to him. Woo. That's all right. Yeah. Well, we'll see where he goes, man. We'll see what happens. Hey, we won't know until it all plays out. This is one yeah. we'll check in on. I'm sure we'll just we'll be revisiting this one. Oh, of course. <laughs> one of us is gonna be right, and one of us is gonna throw it in the other person's face. So. It shall be interesting. <laughs> you know, if Mark's right, oh, Mark will face. throw the biggest party. Like there will be like little streamers and <laughs> yeah. poppers going off. Like he will be dancing, <laughs> pulling out the That's guitar. Oh <laughs> yeah, is gonna be a party now. Case of Bud Light. <laughs> That's all I need. There you go. So on the, I did have a couple notes on what I saw uh, from our list. Uh, I think we've kind of also said consensusly between us. I don't know if that's a word, consensusly. <laughs> yep, now it is. Us three kind of agree. Uh, yep, we, we like to make words. We like to make nicknames. That's what we do here. Nice. Uh, uh, Kenyon Drake, we all kind of have him solid as a top ten. I think he is solid top ten, man. He eight nine and nine so i think we all kind of view him as a consensus top 10 so he's definitely kind of that value to look at i kind of looked through and tried to pick out a guy um out of each section that kind of was like that okay here's your solid top 10 guy where you might be able to snake some value depending on where you're i mean trust me Kenyon drake's a little more expensive in our league but if we're talking guys that are in seattle or guys that are in you know chicago they might get a discount yeah gonna be dialed down that knob yeah so he's a guy for them to look at we're all consensus that he's gonna be a top 10 guy so he's he's a value for some leagues yeah and just like we all had dash i mean 9 to 11 pretty much all of us so and he's a guy he could spike up to five i think so. his hype is the is probably gonna get a little big though man I think I think people are going to end up paying almost top five value on him. If you look at it from that terms, we've all put him about ten. You're 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 sunk cost on that. You're not you're not getting what you're looking for. Dude, I just had this video in my head of like Clyde just sitting there and Don King behind him, like yeah. rubbing his shoulder, and you're like, I think the hype's right. kind of big, and Don King just sitting there <laughs> hyping oh, him up. No, you know, it's just the right amount, man. <laughs> well, Actually, a little bit more, a little bit more, Dash. You're good. <laughs> Yeah. You're perfect, buddy. You're perfect. Uh, running backs. Oh, I think I had one other thing though. I don't know if I got to call you out on it, but Brad, there was you had a name missing. Uh, I and I have some names missing too, so I'll call myself out too. But since we started with running backs, Brad did have a name missing. Do you see it, Mark? Uh, no, I did not catch that, Rich. Which name's missing? Austin Eckler. Where's Austin Eckler? Oh yeah. Oh, Austin Eckler. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot a button too, Brad. So. <laughs> I actually put him in, though, in my second revision. You scratched him in. Yeah, I scratched him in. You yeah. got him in there. Yeah. Originally, get I him forgot about him. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Eckler, the forgotten man. Where did you have uh, Eckler ranked at, Rich? 16. Honestly, I put him at 24 over yeah. Bell. Honestly, I'd still put you him. You wouldn't put him over Fournette? Still be pretty you wouldn't low. put him over Fournette there at the bottom with 22? No, I think I'd rather have Fournette. You'd rather have Fournette than uh, Austin Eckler? Yeah, to me, Austin Eckler is in the three-down back. And Gordon, like, he played that role because he wanted the role. So now that uh, – I mean, I know Justin Jackson's there, but I just don't see him being the, the guy that gets it we done. We talked about it earlier uh, with that <laughs> callback now to that uh, workout stuff. 
that was the other guy that was on my mind this week. Austin Eckler looks like absolutely freaking shredded. I saw some shit of him. He just looks like a beast. Like I've always thought of him as undersized. He doesn't look very undersized anymore. <laughs> I don't. I don't think he really looks uh, like he looks like he actually could be a three down back to me. So I mean, that's a little bit of that hype of just like, oh man, this guy's a workout demon, but. I mean, some of that translate, and I do think he has that fire, man. He seems to be the type of guy who really wants to get after it. So I had him at 16. I'm higher than anybody. Yeah, and I see Eckler at 16. And real quick, uh, while we're kind of talking in that range, I mean, kind of interesting our thoughts on Le'Veon Bell in the rankings. Uh, Brad checked him in at 24. I actually left him off. Lev Bell did not make my top 24. Uh Sorry, man, you just didn't make it. Yeah. And, uh, Rich, you had him at 17, so. So happens when you get fat. So, uh, I mean, I don't know. I just, what do you guys think with Robbie Bell, Rich? You had him the highest, so what are your thoughts on him this year, man? The facts are what I see is a guy who's a, a year removed from, like, being the guy who's out of shape to being a guy who's ready to play some football. Uh, second season in a row, he's ready to play some football. He has, I've gotten the reports, he's been trimmed down in camp, so he looks a lot better. Um, I think he is a type of back that is probably likely to get 20 carries and not have a whole lot of competition, or 20 touches, and he's not going to have a ton of competition for those touches. So that kind of leads me towards him. Me, personally, I've been burned by him, so I probably wouldn't put him on my roster, but if I'm giving you a ranking and saying, you know, Here's about where he would sit. That's about where he sits for me as the 17th best running back. Um, yeah, so, I mean, that's where I see it. A 20-touch 20, a 20 guy. So, I find it hard to turn away from that. Yeah, I just, I just remember being fat and slow. <laughs> so, it's hard for me to, until I see him trim down and actually produce. I don't know, man. Fat and slow. I like it. Fat and slow is hard for running backs, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Yeah, man. I mean, I just – I don't like the situation on the Jets for Le'Veon Bell. That's kind of why I left him off. I'm not sure what to make of their run game. I think Darnold's going to be passing the ball a whole hell of a lot this year. So, um, But, you know, Bell can obviously catch it out of the backfield. Yeah. But he just – it was a tough transition for him, and he did not look good last year. So, Real quick on the running backs, one more little point I wanted to point out for us. Another kind of like solid uh, running back that we kind of th- had in there um, – all three of us in a good value and RB two top end RB two value was Chris Carson. We all placed him about 12 to 15. And I think that's kind of another type of guy that you can find at a little bit of a notch down. All right. So guys, we're going to go ahead and talk about the tight ends. Now we'll switch it up. No rhyme or reason. We'll just hit every uh, position as we go here. And uh, I mean, a tight end, our top three guys, uh, you know, I think we might've actually had the top three exactly the same order. That's hard to do. But I think we managed to do it. Yeah, top three consensus. Yeah, that was our most solid, uh, solid position. Yeah, George Kittle one, Travis Kelsey two, and Mark Andrews at three. So we all, uh, yeah, we were looking through the same prism on that uh, one. So I mean, any thoughts on those top three guys? I mean, just all solid, you know. And the rankings make sense, you know, one, two, and three to me. You get any one of them, you're happy. So. Super solid. I would say that I have kind of piqued my uh, interest here that Kittle may be able to separate himself just a little bit from the pack this year. Um, 
points per game basis, I'm seeing him maybe pulling away by about three points or so. So that is that little bit of separation. So he might, his value might peak up, I think a little bit. Um, but yeah, all three very viable, like the most solid guys. And then, yeah, I thought it was interesting. We get to four and that's where we've got, um, it's, it's, we, we, it's funny. We get to a number and then it just changes. Somebody's yeah. got a little something different. So like on this one, we had Bradley coming in with Mr. Gronky Kong. <laughs> Gronk. I started thinking about this situation. Tom Brady's in the new town. Throwing, I mean, I know he's got talent everywhere. But then he looks across and he's got Gronk. That guy's used to throwing to. Yeah. So why isn't he just going to kind of exactly go to the him? routes that Brady's familiar yeah. with? He knows where to put the ball. Yeah. I like it. And what does Gronk do? Catch the ball for yeah. touchdowns. And those massive hands. I was going to say, what, is, what does Gronk have? Massive hands, right, Brad? <laughs> Dude, I, I'm not shying away from it. I'm not trying to shy away from it. Uh, okay. I mean, listen, guys. If you've never seen his hands, look at his hands. It looks like Mickey Mouse is on the field with these oven mitts. Like, So I'll, I'll take the other side of the equation because Mark, Mark had him at six on his list. So he's almost where you are. Um, I had him at 13. So I'm coming in on the, on the other side. I'm I'm a little listen. I like the idea that Gronk is that kind of safety blanket, and he's gonna love to have him there. But I also like the idea that Gronk is coming in almost to really just solidify the locker room. Um, maybe come in and be a little bit of a mentor. Really, just come in and be a solid tight end, which means taking on a lot of that run blocking responsibilities. Um, they have the other guys. They have OJ Howard. They have obviously two stellar wide receivers. So where does that leave Gronk's value as in target share? Uh, very limited. So that's why I kind of bump him back down the list. Did you not say about Tannehill, the one thing that's great about uh, A.J. Brown is that run game gets to suck him in. So he'll be on the field for run packages. And then they can slip to, boom, that play action. And then dump it to him because everyone's guarding Godwin and Evans. He's right there in that middle, man. I think he's just going to run it for yards. So I, I tend to disagree. I, I just think it's an overplay a little bit. Okay. I, 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 w- w- I tried to talk you into it, try to convince you, but I can't. I will not be convinced. Uh, <laughs> I, I am I am interested to say you also show O.J. Howard as the number 11. So you, you do buy into O.J. Howard some too. Yes. Okay. I feel like they're both going to be decent plays, but they're going to be – they they – kind of sink into each other's value. I mean, when you have Cameron Brayton and O.J. Howard, it's almost the same thing. There are games where they're both viable, but is it not tough to pick the right one? And I think you're just in the same situation. I don't think, I don't think that, it, it, that really plays out. And it's, and it's worse even yet because they, now they really know what they have in a Chris Godwin, a real second receiver who's almost a 1A, one, 1A one one situation. I will stand corrected on that O.J. Howard. I looked at Mark's list and realized I forgot uh, Zach Ertz. <laughs> and so that was actually that. I, he needs to be on my list. So yeah. he would actually take that 11 spot okay. and uh, O.J. Howard. I do think he'll be like maybe 13, 14. That makes sense. But yeah. he's still going to be up there. I, w- I was going to get to you on the Ertz thing there. Yeah, you skipped the Ertz. Yeah, I already saw it. Yeah, that's all right. I beat you too. All right. no, that's good. It's, <laughs> it's like I'm in your You should head. call out your own shit. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> You're in my head, huh? So we call- sometimes, <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> Get out of there! 
all the time. A couple more uh, interesting tight ends, guys. Uh, if you think back to our second episode, guys, AFC West, uh, you know, Ooh. we were still getting in the swing of things uh, in the OFP, and uh, we might have kind of glossed over talking about this next guy, Darren Waller. You know, he he had a really good year last year with the Raiders. Uh, I don't think we spent a lot of time on him. So, you know, we have him at 4-4-5. Four, four, and five. So all right there in the, you know, a top five tight end this year. So, uh, Rich, yeah, you know, what are your thoughts on Waller, man? Waller was my kind of top five solid guy. I like the kid, man. He he plays almost as a wide receiver. He he he's that type of tight end, and they utilize him. They utilize him a lot. So the the target share was very high last year. I think he was sitting about twenty three, twenty four percent target share most of the season. So that's pretty sick numbers coming from a tight end. So I think that's that's consistent in why we show him all top five on our list. Um, definitely a good name out there. Yeah, he was getting like seven, ten receptions a game. Yeah. I had my team last year. It was wonderful. <laughs> yeah, he's he's pretty huge out there too, man. He's kind of a beast. Brad was Brad was flipping it last year. I remember this now. He was flipping. He was in a he was in on a on a team, and then he'd have the wrong player, but somehow be able to flip it and get the right player out of that one. So he had Tyrell Williams, and he goes, ah, you know what? I really want Waller, and he he made a trade, and he had freaking Waller on his team after the fact. It was like, wow. That's really good, Brad. Flip flop. Give me the give me the right piece. Yeah, yeah. Shit, Darren Waller did did well for you last year, man. Where to get me though? Where to get me, Rich? Didn't he set you up for another trade? Yeah, but didn't what I finished six? Oh, six in the playoffs. You being a little bitter face. Took Waller from Jay, and look where Jay went. He did have Andrews on his team too, though. He had Andrews, which is you know consensus that number helps. three. So that helps. That helps. Uh, I had another couple of interesting little tidbits from the tight end section. Um, looks like we had a little disagreements. Brad had Kyle Rudolph at, at 10, uh, and he is not on either of our lists. Mark. Did, did we forget him, or did, did Brad overplay his hand? No, I, uh, I did have him on originally, and then I crossed him out and put Zach Ertz. Because I completely forgot about Zach Ertz for some reason. That's so, weird, yeah. Uh, He's like the forgotten yeah, man. Kyle, Kyle Rudolph would probably be, you know, 15, 16. I mean, I, th- I threw Cole Komet in there as 15 almost as a joke. Okay, yeah. I have been oh. seeing some uh, reports out of Bears training camp that Cole Komet is actually kind of a beast. So oh. we'll see if it plays out. Oh, way. interesting. But, but I mean, Mark, I mean, yeah. Cole Komet, like, then you then then you've got Mitch. Then you got to trust in Mitch, or trust in Mitch. I don't I think know. you want that. Or, or Foles. I don't think I you know. want to play that. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Isn't Jimmy Graham on that team? Well, uh, yeah. I would say like okay, Cole Komet, or um, you know, I'd rather have Jonu Smith. Where do you have Jonu Smith? Oh, I got Jonu up there. Uh, no, he's oh, he's number seven. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. You did have him up there. I had him quite a bit higher than. Thank you guys. Oh, yeah. I had him at 16. Okay. Yeah, I hear you. I didn't have O.J. Howard on my list. I didn't put him up there. I mean, Cole Combat is like half joking, man. I was just kind of threw him in there. It's like a Hail Mary, dude. It's a hope and a prayer. Higby. That was another disagreement. I had Higby at five. That was another disagreement we kind of had. Brad ha- Brad has him all the way back at 14. Correct. I do not like the Rams that much this year. You know who I do like at number six, Rich? Who's your number six? Oh, you, you're looking for an orange Fanta. Fanta. Uh, that makes That's sense. That's right. You watch out, guys. I'm telling you, 
Get Noah Fant this year. That's pretty heavy. I don't know. Not you two, the fans. You two can go fuck off. I'm getting him. And and the same thing with Ian Thomas. I like Ian Thomas, but not as the number eight tight end. I don't know. Mark's been telling me about Teddy Bridgewater, man. I'm trying to become a believer. <laughs> I like Teddy B, man. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So you guys so you guys are both kind of buying in on the on the Panthers then, it sounds like. Yeah, I don't think they're gonna have I mean, I don't think they're gonna win games, but I think okay. their offense will still click. Okay. All right, so that's uh, that's all I. Oh, I had um, I had Jared Cook. We all kind of had him as a top ten guy, so that was kind of consensus for us as well. All solid back end. Yeah, yeah, I can't forget about him. I had Greg Olson in the ten spot. Greg Olson uh, didn't make an appearance. Greg Olson, you you, guys? you went heavy on him, man. Yeah, I, I don't have him in there. No. I'd I'd rather any of these guys. I just love Russell Wilson, man. Yeah, and I just love Russell Wilson, so I think he could make something out of him. We'll see. I don't know. It's risky though, too. I think it's possible Olson doesn't finish the season. That's yeah. where I'd go. That with injury that. factor. I wouldn't. I would rather have any of these that young ankle, guys. That ankle, man. Yeah, uh, I'd rather have any of these young guys. I hear you. Look at all this back half young talent at tight end, man. Like a lot of young talent. Whew, yeah, it's crazy. Noah Fant, uh, no T.J. Hawkins. I had Evan guys. Ingram quite a bit down there. Yeah. Uh, you guys had Evan Ingram kind yeah, of. Yeah, I like Evan Ingram's talent. I just don't like this. Bumped situation, him all the way up so. to five based on talent. If that kid's healthy, I, I've got him up at five. I, I, that's projecting a full healthy season. Uh, I put him all the way at five. That was one of the things I was going to go over. I was definitely heavier on Ingram than you guys. I got him. Yeah, pure five. talent. I think he could be three or four for sure. It's there. And I think that's, I mean, I don't know. I. Was impressed with what Daniel Jones did kind of a little bit last year. I mean, yeah. I was a I was a hater coming into last year, and he kind of proved me wrong a little bit and showed me something. So if if he can still keep that uh, progression rising through the season, then he might be a nice, really super value play. So I like that. Yeah, I'm looking at Ingram the other way, where I'm I'm a little scared off by the injury issues, and then. A uh, lot of receiving talent on the Giants when you think about uh, Golden True. Tate, uh, Darius Slay, you know, Sterling Shepard. So, yeah, Darius Slayton. Uh, Daniel Jones spreads the ball around, you know. I mean, Evan Ingram is a nice red zone target, but the, the injury thing is why I kind of dropped him down. True. Do you want to talk about some defenses? Defense. Hell yeah, man. Let's talk about some defenses. All right. So, at the top of the defensive units, guys, uh, I think we all had the Baltimore Ravens. Is that right? We had the top two the same, Ravens and 49ers. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. All righty. And then I went to the Chicago Bears at number three, my hometown love showing through once again. So I bumped them up to three. Uh, just love the defense, expecting a much better year from them. Where you guys have the Bears at? I got them at four. I think they're going to be solid. I I I made an error here. When I did my when I did my rankings, that was one that I circled when I did my little notes here too. I got them all the way down at like sixteen, so that's a that's a pretty big error. I, I I'll move them up when I finish out my rankings after this conversation. But yeah, out the gate, they're at least a I think they're a top eight defense. I don't know if I can get them to four. There's a lot of good defenses here on my list, um, so I I, I want to move them up uh, for sure. They're definitely a good defense, solid defense. I've I've been the one talking up the Bears this off season, trying to get you guys sold. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of shocked by that. 
you sell me on it, and then you like pull the rug. You're like, yeah, I don't know. They're like, <laughs> they're garbage. What the like, hell what are you the talking hell? about? You've been talking them up all off season. <laughs> no, I, I, uh, I aired there. Yeah, There's I also. Um, teams in the league, man. I think. Oh, I did air also. I'll say at the back end of my list. Um, I would want to get in. I was talking about them earlier. I would want to get in the Washington football team. I'm going to tell you that's that's a really underrated, undervalued defense. They got playmakers. I'm looking at that being a hard-nosed team under Ron Rivera. So I'm kind of looking at undervalue on all the whole situation. So that's definitely a defense I'd look for, like, to be a second defense on my team. If I'm going to carry two, I think if I'm carrying two this season, I really want to carry Washington football team. Yeah, I think everyone can kind of – Agree that the Ravens, 49ers, Steelers, Bears, and Pats are going to be great defenses. And you're going to have to pay a little extra for them. But, you know, Tennessee, Indy, uh, Chargers, AZ, some of the Bucks, some of these defenses, like Rich said, you can, you can just put two of them on your squad, pay a lot less, save your money, and still get the quality starts that you need. I think need. we're getting really deep. I think it's a deep field this year like uh i i made an error too like uh, the cardinals i like the cardinals defense too that's another error that i didn't get into my list either but it's tough to put them there but it's interesting that you talk about the patriots brad because you had them at five uh mark has them at nine i am at 14 so we have a little bit of variance on that uh, um to me I, I see a little step back i see quite a bit of a step back obviously if i'm putting them at 14 that one was a thought out situation i i i de definitely see that falling back this year that is a huge fallback yeah because weren't they the number one defense but look at the losses man kyle van noy is gone uh high towers opting out chung is gone it's just where are all the pieces where are all the pieces of that defense i know but look at the coaching staff yeah but and look at all the other teams with this covid People not being in the right place, offenses burning them. He will have them prepared. So I believe in the coaching staff, the veteran leadership there. So I think they'll persevere. And I do think they'll take a step back just from one to five, maybe seven, somewhere in there. But I do think they'll be still in the top mix. I did find an interesting mark on your list. Um, I, I, maybe it was just an error, or maybe you think this way. Uh, you don't like the Buffalo Bills defense this year. I left him off too. Shit. I think I think you did too. Yeah, yeah. Well, you only went to yeah. twelve, Brad. So like, I didn't really know. Did oh no, but I would have them at like at least seven to ten. Okay, sure. that's what so I kind of feel. They're a good defense, man. I've got them in here at four. I would put them up over. I'd probably have them around six or seven. Yeah, I don't have them six or seven where I got the Seahawks and the Chiefs right now. Okay, and then yeah, yeah. Oh, that was an error on my part. So you know, we all uh, left a couple guys out. No, that's good. Hey, we're only we're only human guys. We are. I'm this is our first ranking that. show ever, so maybe yeah. maybe by the second or third one, we'll actually include all the players. <laughs> That'd <laughs> be good. <laughs> that would be we all we yeah. all left people out. We we all did. <laughs> yeah, so we all did it on one column yeah. or the other. But yeah, okay, we're good on defense. I think we we hit it. Yeah, I totally left the Bills out, man. I would have Bills top eight, bro. Yeah. So uh, they might be a consensus good, solid defense for good value, or we all kind of like place the Seahawks as a nice like back end top eight, top eight or so uh, solid defense. So um, that was good. I, I think it was good. We also see that we're maybe 20 deep at good, solid defenses. So that what does that mean? We talked about it. You can play that. You can play with uh, back end defenses for cheap. 
and and not have to not have to mess with your bankroll. Well, one that was left off of all our lists real quick, Rich, was the Rams. And oh, yeah. Thinking about it, you know, I'd buy the Rams for a dollar. I'd put them on my team, you know, so. Yeah, they'd, they'd be in this full-on mix. I mean, I've got, you know, Titans, Chiefs, Broncos, Patriots, Cowboys, Chargers, Eagles. They're right all in that mix. They're all in the same mix as each other. They're, they're matchup-based. You can, you can find that matchup during the season. And uh, if we're going to have, you know, the, the COVID season, you may have a little bit more wiggle room with your waiver maneuvers this year. You can go towards more of a streaming defense situation. Um, I, I, I've somewhat done it a little bit by carrying two and being able to trade out one. But streaming defenses, you can really find the matchup. It, it, it's, it's very uh, – I wouldn't say it's easy, but there's a pretty straightforward approach to finding the best matchups that are out there and continuing to churn and find it on the waiver wire. All right, fellas. Well, we got two more left to knock out on our rankings. And, uh, you know, it's a quarterback league, so we'll save the best for last. We'll hit the wide receivers right now. And uh, talking about those wide receivers, fellas, Definitely some consensus at the top once again uh, after no. Michael Thomas's season last year. No, uh, I gotta believe that no, he's Mark. gonna be the one or two receiver for just about everybody. He's consensus for you and I, and not consensus for Brad. Brad had Brad had Tyreek Hill as his number one wide receiver. Okay, I do. I think if he stays healthy, he's dangerous, man. Dangerous. There you go. Care to prove your point further? I mean, you're you're the underdog right now. You've got two votes against, and you've got one vote for. So prove your point. <laughs> well, I mean, Thomas, I think is he he's a standout no matter what. Like if he's number one, I'm not going to be surprised by it. But I do think Hill, with his breakout speed and the Chiefs who they are with Mahomes throwing the ball, I think he's going to get a lot more touchdowns and a lot more passes and a lot more opportunities than he did last year. And because of that, he can very well with his speed and talent. I mean, he's he's Olympic-type speed. So there's no reason he can't be number one. Hey, Brad, like you always say, bro, look at who's throwing him the ball. You usually say that in a negative way, but look at it in a positive way when Patrick Mahomes is throwing him the exactly. ball. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's all how you see it. It's negative or positive. I like to see Mahomes. Some people like Kirk Cousins. I mean <laughs> – uh, it's different. This fucking guy. This guy. All right, Rich. Uh, with the rest of these receivers, man, uh, maybe rounding out the top ten. You know, what? Are, what's some interesting names that stood out to you on our on our rankings here, man? Well, I thought we came in um, our top five names all the same. So I thought that was interesting. We it was again we we were consensus, but a little bit out of order. So we had Thomas. Uh, Julio Jones, we had Tyreek Hill, uh, Chris Godwin cracked all of our top fives, and DeAndre Hopkins. So I think that was pretty consensus for us. Um, I think we all came in with Amari Cooper as a top 10 guy. I found that pretty interesting. So that kind of comes out as our solid guy. Um, and then, yeah, man, I'll tell you, looking at this list, there's a lot of names. That's what I found. It's just the depth, man. I, I've been kind of leaning towards that already. I've seen a lot of wide receiver depth out there. So when we get to the back half of these uh, our rankings here, um, you're still looking at very high-end players. When we talk Marquise Brown and, 
and um, I guess Will Fuller for you guys. You you've been convinced somehow. He's he made it both to your lists and not on my list, which seems a little opposite from our earlier talks. Um, <laughs> he didn't even crack it, but he's on your guys. He's at nineteen and twenty, so you guys have him as a as a wide receiver too, solidly. Yeah, I take him on my team and give him a shot, man. As long as he can avoid the injury bug, uh, fingers crossed. Brad, you don't you don't sound sold on your. <laughs> no, I'm a uh, got a little buyer's remorse. I guess we call it right now. <laughs> All right, yeah. I'm looking at I'm looking at Ty Lockett here. You want to maybe put Emmanuel Sanders or Ty Lockett up in there? Oh, Emmanuel Sanders, absolutely. Oh, boom! How do I know? How do I know? Yeah. Who's in who's head now? <laughs> but the one I really want to talk about is AJ Brown. You had him at number eight. I had him at number nine. Clearly a yeah. top ten in our minds. Yeah. Mark, you put him at twenty-three, I believe. Woo! Yeah, he's down there. He's down there quite a bit for me. Um I just uh, you know, I think it's gonna be a running team. So I don't know if the volume's gonna be there, if he's gonna get enough looks. So I do like him as a player. He could creep up as we get closer to the season. I wouldn't put it past you did have Will Fuller at nineteen and AJ Brown at twenty-three. Well, I like Deshaun Watson a lot better than I like Ryan Tannehill, for the most part. For the most part. They're probably pretty close to my uh, QB rankings, actually. Interesting. Yeah, that would be my thought. Real quick about receivers, guys. Uh, Who do you think led the league in receiving touchdowns last year? Do you know, Brad? Amari Cooper. Eh. Rich, you got a guess? Devontae Adams. Eh. Sorry. And that would be Kenny Galladay with 11 touchdowns. Ooh, Kenny G. That was the league-leading couple guys. Uh, Cooper Cup had 10. Tyreek had 9. Godwin had 9. Ty Lockett had 9. Michael Thomas had 9. There's a bunch of guys tied in there. Wasn't he injured for part of the season? It's pretty impressive. And uh, actually, Marvin Jones had 9 touchdowns, and Kenny Galladay had 11. So those two guys had 20 touchdowns together on the Lions, which... I mean, they were so bad, I probably barely even noticed that last year. But important information in fantasy football. 20 touchdowns between a receiving duo. Under-the-radar type team. So uh, I see him at six on your list. I think that's a little bit high, but I, I think us, Brad and Brad and I have him 11 and 10. So, I mean, we see him as that wide receiver one. I see him a little bit more back half just because they are a shitty team. I don't think it's going to work out too well this year. Um, We'll see how it goes for Matt Patricia, but uh, I, I could see it going a little bit bad, going a little south this year. There's already been that kind of disgruntledness in the locker room about his way a little bit. So we'll see if he writes the ship, he writes the ship. He's a, he's a Belichick guy, but sometimes those guys flame out. So we'll see what happens there. And definitely a talented guy. I, I drafted him his rookie year. I I immediately saw that guy's uh, talent. He's He's definitely full on wide receiver one talent. No doubt. Yeah, the one I kind of want to touch base on too is Calvin Ridley. We both had him. Uh, you had him at twenty-one. I am at nineteen. And Mark can't even. I mean, he made your honorable mention list, but <laughs> he scribbled down there at the very bottom. Yeah, if you really look hard, you can see him. Yeah, uh, Calvin Ridley, man, I do like him. Uh, I don't know. I I'm in prove it mode with him. Like I want to see him take that next step before I'm ready to buy in. I'm not necessarily projecting a, a huge breakout for him this year, but it's a possibility for sure. Okay. And uh, 
I see you had DK Metcalf. Rich, you had Ty Lockett, which Doug Baldwin 2.0. I've already mentioned him. Uh, what's with your love, Mark, for the Beast? You said it, man. His name. He's a beast. Like, uh, I just think he's going to come out and take a big jump in his sophomore season and become like a favorite target of Russ Wilson. So, yeah, I got him all the way up there at 16. And, hey, swing for the fences when you're making your wide receiver rankings, man. That's what I say. Yeah, I thought that was kind of bold. Um, I think what I'm taking away from this, though, if you look from, you know, 16, 17 down, we could probably throw another 10 solid names on here past 24. Right. So that just shows you. Mark Mark actually kind of did. He he wanted to. Seven names extra. (laughs) He couldn't stop. (laughs) <laughs> I actually did briefly have Deshaun Jackson in my number 24 position yeah. out of all people. That might be a sneaky guy. But I scratched him off of him, Emmanuel Sanders. So. Yeah. <laughs> no, these are good lists though. Um I just I I do want to point that out. We've we found a lot of we found a lot of depth there, man. I mean, so what does this mean? I mean, Jarvis Landry did not make any of our lists. Jarvis Landry did not appear on any of our lists. Does this mean we should not pay for top end wide receivers because there's so much depth. I have Landry. Yep, 22. He's, he's at 22 on my list. Got him at yeah, 22? He creeps in there. Okay. I like him. But, uh, yeah, I, I think so, Brad. Uh, to me, why why are we going to overpay unless it's the right guy, unless you really think you have a spike-type guy, then don't overpay, don't, don't overvalue at wide receiver this year. It's a lot of depth. We can get a, we can get to a lot of different playable guys, man. I agree. For sure, man. And uh, real quick, Rich, uh, before we move on from receivers, uh, I think you got Terry McLaurin the highest of, of us. Course. Is that uh, what I'm seeing? I think here? so. Yes. So Shocking. you got F one, man. It just just lo- just lay out, you know, uh, you, the love you got for F one, man, for the people, and well, let us know what you're expecting from him and his sophomore year. Well, I think I've been through it a few times, but. Um, I've gotten a little more bullish as we've gone through the past few weeks. I'm hearing some good stuff about Dwayne Haskins. And like I said with Brad, um, I think no matter what, if it's Dwayne Haskins or if they have to make the choice to move on to even a Kyle Allen or let's hope, let's hope everything goes okay. And Alex Smith is the guy. I think no matter which one of these routes or Haskins is the guy and he straightens it out. No matter what, I'm going to get improved quarterback play. So over what I got last season. So if I'm going to get an improvement at quarterback, this guy was already a valuable play last year. He was a top 15 wide receiver last year. Putting him in that position, I think he's almost guaranteed a top 12 play, and he's going to be super value. I don't think people are seeing that. I, that's I, I'm going to say it again with some Washington guys, but same thing, same story. They're going to be undervalued. Um, so I see that progression, and I see the kid's talent. I've, I've definitely been a backer of this kid. I think, like I said, he's, he reminds me of Antonio Brown at his, at his peak. So I think he has those that route running skill. He'll break it off where just like you cannot uh, – you can't stay attached to that guy. And also the coaching staff is improving too. So that's going to help. That, that, well, that's what I'm saying, too, with the quarterback, is Ron Rivera is not going to just stick with a Dwayne Haskins who's underperforming. He'll he'll put the, the clamp on it and say, okay, no, we'll move on. He will get better quarterback play no matter what. So with that said, 
that's what McLaurin was missing last year. He was killing people out the gate last year as a rookie. There wasn't really anyone who was defending him. So now with that being said, coming into a new year, new coach, better quarterback play, I think it adds up to a top 12 wide receiver. I like it, man. And yeah, with the Washington football team, you're right, Rich, there are going to be a lot of undervalued players. And I mean, uh, they can't even afford a name for their football team at this point. So uh, I guess they're hurting on the cash front. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, yeah, I guess. That guy got him. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. So Washington football team, that is, that's what they're rolling with. So I guess that's what we're calling yeah. them. <laughs> See, you change your name and Rich gives you some love. <laughs> that's right. No, I like that thought about the defense, though, and Chase Young, Rich. I mean, I like that guy as a rookie draft pick, so I think he's going to tear it up, get after some quarterbacks. So that Redskins D might be a nice uh, sleeper play. But – or Redskins, I called them. <laughs> Not their name, bro. Hey, oops, oops. <laughs> the first one to do it, yes. <laughs> God damn it. I'm going to say all the names wrong. Uh, Chase Young with Montez Sweat. I think that's just like a tandem, man. That's a young tandem. I mean, maybe maybe I'm a year too early. Maybe it's one more year down the road, but then that's – I mean, these guys are going to be sick at some point. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Get after the For passer, sure. those type of guys. So, I like them. And real quick, guys, uh, before we move on from the receivers, we got to mention, you know, the guys that have been immortalized in our intro song, you know. They probably would just be honored to be nominated to be in our song, but Juju Smith-Schuster and T.Y. Hilton, man. Uh, you know, we both had them, I think, in the top uh, 15. You know, some of us a little bit higher than others, but WR1s or high-end WR2s. Brad had Juju at eight. I do. He's pretty high. You're pretty high on the Steelers this year. Aren't you? Well, Big Ben's playing, so it's a lot different. I've been picking that up, man. They got a good offensive line. Big Ben plays, Juju's there. What's well, not to like? He wants to just be on my bad side, I guess, this year. <laughs> Trying to win a championship, Rich. Oh, I understand. Okay, Juju at eight. I think that's an overplay, and maybe I'm a little bitter. I'm a little biased because I was a Juju owner last year, Juju drafter last year. Where did you have Juju last year, preseason? About number eight. And then I overpaid on him a little bit, I felt, in the draft uh, for that number eight value. I spent $41 on him. Um, but I really wanted him because I did. I did feel like he had top five upside. Exactly. No doubt. Um, sitting there with uh, Big Ben healthy, I could see that definitely playing out pretty nicely. Uh, I would just be worried. And so, me personally, just like I said, owning him last year, drafting him last year, I feel a little worried on on that front. Kid's talented, but then it just it totally turned to shit last year. So it's scary. I don't know if he does have the full ability to be a number one. And then, uh, yeah, thoughts on T.Y. Uh, I got him in the number 10 spot. I'm kind of excited to see if maybe him and Phillip Rivers can establish a connection. And, you know, I just like T.Y.'s speed, like his talent. So I moved him up there to the top 10. Where you guys got him at? Well, I had him at 18. I had him at 11. Oh, 11. You're very high on him. So you like both of our guys. Yeah. You think um, you think Philip Rivers is going to be able to deliver him the ball with his ducky arm? He's going to be his little dink and dunk guy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> a lot of receptions for about ten to fifteen, twenty yards. I could see that. I, I'm a little down on it. That's that's where I went with it. Was that Philip Rivers? I don't know if I can really trust him to do much downfield. So 
with T.Y. being a little undersized, I understand he's fast, but I think he's, you know, a few years removed from that high-end speed that he kind of used to have. I would I'd dial it back just a little bit this year. I, I like T.Y. Hilton a lot, but I got to go more like he's a wide receiver too. I did see one guy, uh, before we move on from receivers, one more guy, one of the most uh, polarizing receivers in the game, uh, OBJ, Rich. You checked him in at number 10. Me and Brad had him a little bit lower. I had him at uh, 15, I think. 17. Brad had him at 17. So you expect a little bit of a bounce back from OBJ in Cleveland, a much better product in year two. Rich, is that what you're thinking then? Yeah, I'm buying in on what I expect to see Stefanski bring and operate in that system. Much more efficient passing game. So I definitely think we'll see Odell Beckham – really capitalize his talent in this in this offense now when they when they run the ball so solidly and everything comes off a of play action uh i think i think that'll be clean that'll be really good for odell beckham i think it'll be really good for uh jarvis landry i think it'll be good for austin hooper i think it'll be just a solid offense so that's that's where i'm coming from with it uh, an undervalued super solid offense uh, next year in cleveland yeah and if baker mayfield can can kind of, you know, solidify from his struggles last year. He's got so many weapons around him, so it's hard not to like. Baker, and we'll get there in a second, I, I kind of undervalued him myself, but Baker with time is a much different story. Baker's having struggles last year. It's because he's under duress. So as soon as he's under duress and he's got to bust it and, and take it out to the right, he doesn't have the time that he thinks he has out there. It's an adjustment there, but Baker with a, a more solidified offensive line with more talent around than he even had last year, I just see him being able to settle in and, and settle into the pocket and deliver throws. When he has time, he's an accurate thrower of the ball. Right on, guys. Well, let's uh, move it on to the QBs, our final little uh, segment of this uh, you know, first rankings episode that we're doing. I hope you guys are enjoying it and kind of seeing where our different thought process, processes are going with uh, – some of these uh, fantasy teams and the situations that these fantasy players are in. So, uh, yeah, it's the QB. It's all about the quarterback, man. So we are going to go to QB and always a huge position in fantasy. You know, it's it's a make or break type of thing. You know, sometimes it can put you over the top. Sometimes you can just have a nice solid QB. And sometimes it can really drag you down if you have a QB who's, who's not performing. So we'll go ahead and start at the top. I think we both at one and two have the exact same ideas here, Rich. What do we got going at one and two, man? Yeah, we all came in consensus. Um, the only one we didn't come in consensus was wide receiver. Uh, but consensus again, top two here, uh, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes. We came in all, both of those guys in order. And then we got to number three where Mark was the deviator. And he came up with Russell Wilson as number three over uh, where Kyler Murray. We both have Kyler Murray sitting in that slot. So uh, Russell Wilson on the spike up. Uh, I do like Russell Wilson, but number three, Mark, uh, that's that's your. I'm a little bit high on him. Uh, you know, they added weapons uh, in Seattle to the offense. So yeah. and it was already solid. And I just, you know, I feel like uh, Russ is going to just beast this year man i don't know i know you guys are seahawks haters and all i mean we both had him at five i think so we're not like hating that hard yeah six and five so i mean we're a little bit behind that um i just dial him back because i i wonder about the the volume that that passing game volume 
uh, averaging about 28, maybe 27 throws a game. That's where I get a little shaky with that. So that's why I dial him back. Uh, definitely a super talented guy. Always very creative with the ball, with his throws, very accurate. So I, I have a lot of respect for Russell Wilson. As a, as a Seahawks hater, at the same time, I do have respect for him. <laughs> right on. And I had Kyler Murray at five, so I'm also expecting big things from the kid. But you guys both had him at three, so lay it out real quick. I mean, Kyler, if you're just expecting him to go off this year, I'm, I'm taking it. Yeah, big year. I, I expect him, you know, I, I think he came in about seven or eight last year already. So, and and that was that was the learning season. So the progression uh, up here, up here in the head, I think he's going to really just settle in and not run himself into sacks, not run himself into those bad situations where he can't really get a good throw on something. When he's able to make something happen, he's a little bit like that Pat Mahomes, man. So he's, he's Pat Mahomes light, but I mean, he's right there. He's got extra when it comes to the feet though. You got to understand that. So when we're playing a fantasy football game, we're picking up so much extra when Kyler Murray runs the football. I mean, how many yards is he going to run for this year? Is he going to run for, you know, 800 yards? I mean, that's conceivable to me. I could see him running for 800 yards this year, and that's that's super valuable. That's super valuable with the feet. Yeah, the one thing I, too, want to point out is, Mark, you had Aaron Rodgers at number seven. The man of your own passion, your own blood. Wow. The one you wake up every morning <laughs> on Sunday to go watch. <laughs> I, I see you. Your infinity form is not. I did. I did have him quite a bit higher than you guys. Uh, maybe it's just because he's killed the Bears so many times over the years. I always see that Aaron Rodgers that's going off for five touchdowns whenever I'm watching him play. So, you know, he's just owned the Bears for his entire career, it seems like. So, you know, I mean, he'll. I feel like he'll be a good play. I like the receiving weapons around him. It would have been better if they added another receiver to the mix, but. You know, Devontae Adams is strong. So, you know, I feel like he'll uh, be in the top 10, maybe not quite a seven. I might drop him down a little bit uh, in the next few weeks. But why do you guys have him so low, Rich? Another volume play. I think we're looking at a team that's very focused on running the ball. Seattle and, and Green Bay are going to be two of the heaviest run teams in the league. And rightfully so, man. They're, they're built for that. So um, the volume play, it, it just dials back his value. Uh, that's that's how I see it. A little bit of a, a dial back in, in his arm uh, the past couple seasons, but no doubt I think he'll come back a little more fired up, but is Matt LaFleur really there to utilize his arm? I think he more wants to control the ball game, and that's a little bit different. I think he wants to run the ball, so I think that just dials back his value. Yeah, I agree, too. There's a lot of games that saw him throw for two two fifty yards. Touchdown, that's it. So not beastly numbers by any means. Aaron Rodgers did actually earn the Epic Performance Award in our league last year. I don't know if you guys remember that, but he did get that bonus for his, uh, I think it was like a 42 or 46 Stole performance, it. wasn't that last year? Yeah, I know, Rich, you had somebody right there for a few weeks. I had McCaffrey, I think, sitting at like 42-something, and then, yeah, he got it with like a 42-6 or something like that. He got me by about a half a point. Good for him, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, right on, man. Yeah, that's just a little uh, bonus we have in our league. I got my best record bonus, so I'll take that one. Yeah, that's another one. So there you go. Bonuses all around for good teams. Yeah, my favorite epic performance was uh, when I traded for Drew Brees with Jay, and then we went to Buffalo Wild Wings that 
and uh, I was actually playing him that week. Not only did I beat him, but I got the epic performance with the guy he traded for me. That had to be a big stinger for him. Yeah, that's a good one. It was like overtime too. He, he and he ran for the touchdown. He didn't throw it, so I got two extra points. That was awesome. Uh, Check, that's please. A, that's a dirty one, man. <laughs> yeah. That's the cool thing about our league, though. A lot of people don't realize is you know week six you get that you know like you got Christian McCaffrey forty two points. You're like, I got this, and then lo and behold, one week some guy just takes off. I highly recommend the epic performance in all your leagues. It really makes it interesting. Right on, man. Uh, any more thoughts about the quarterbacks here, uh, Rich, before we wrap it up, man? I did I did have uh, Carson Wentz pretty low on my list. I was going to mention that. Probably end up moving him up a little bit. You know, a little bit of an oversight on my part. He'll, he'll be around my top 10 or 11. I, I thought that was kind of low for Carson Wentz. I had a little note on that. I thought um, – I did think it was interesting to see Cam Newton at number eight for Brad. Dak Prescott at number 13 for Brad. I thought uh, that's interesting. That's pretty low for Dak, I think. I thought it was right where it should be. Of course you did. You wrote it. I think he's going to be disgruntled. <laughs> I think uh, there's going to be turmoil, and I do not think he's going to be a top-tier quarterback so, this year. So you think the guy who's on his way out of town and needs to sign a new five-year deal with a new team is not going to perform well? No. I don't. I don't like Dallas. I think people are going to start pointing fingers, and they're going to start losing games. Interceptions are going to happen. I think he wants to play well, but I think once it goes bad, man, it goes bad quick in Dallas. So you, you want no part of that. I think they're still going to have a nice offense. I think that I think I, I can see steering clear of that stuff, but I think overall they're going to end up having a nice offense. So I think he's a pretty secure top ten guy in my opinion. But I think you see the risk factor, and yeah. So uh, Cam Newton though. You guys don't like Cam Newton? I left him off my list, and, and that was kind of an error. I, I could definitely slip him back in that back end there. Don't worry. Cam is taking note of that, Rich. He remembers this. I could probably take Kirk Cousins off my list. and, and both. Of yeah, them. I prefer <laughs> Sam Darnold. <laughs> all right. He could be right. knocked Let's, down a little. I'm no Todd Gurley apologist type guy. I, I'll listen. <laughs> I'm wrong. Kirk Cousins is not top eight. You're right. Okay. He's top mm. 20. It shows a lot of growth there. Probably not the guy you want. I get it. You're right. I'm on board. Fuck Kirk Cousins. No good. Yeah. Sure. Well, actually, it's kind of funny you mentioned Cam Newton's on my list. And I never got to say it on wide receivers, but I did have Nikhil Harry at 23 on my list. And he I don't think he was on your list at all. And I do think he is a sneaky, sneaky freaking play this year. Because Cam Newton, he's got a lot to prove. Bill Belichick wants to win, and who's their fastest receiver? Yeah, I see that, man. I thought it was interesting, Mark. If if you like, it's one thing to like kind of think about, like you like Kenny Galladay a lot this year, but but Matt Stafford doesn't even mm-hmm. come up and crack into like the top eighteen for you. Where how does that how does that line up mm-hmm. for you? Like Matt Stafford is just good only for Kenny Galladay. <laughs> I don't know. Matt Stafford, you know, he'll probably make an appearance in the top 15 to 18 slots, but I don't think he's much more than that, you know. Uh, But, I mean, like I said, I I just look at the stat that Kenny Galladay actually led the league in receiving touchdowns last year. You know, I would expect more from it. And he's just so talented. I think uh, when we were talking about him, uh, Brad, earlier, you mentioned that, you know, he's just – he's aggressive. He goes up and gets the ball. So Stafford trusts him, obviously, if Stafford's back to full health. Yeah. You know, I, I like the upside on Kenny Galladay, man. Well, if you think that. 
But Matt Stafford is a play. I mean, yeah, around 15. I don't think he's going to be top 10 or anything. But so, I mean, I'm just saying in, in your mind, Mark, I might suggest to you as somebody who's a little more interested in Kenny Galladay, if you're looking at last year's stat and you're saying, okay, this guy caught, what did he catch, 10 touchdowns, 11 touchdowns? He caught 11. I mean, he didn't he didn't blow it out of the water, but he still led the league. 11 touchdowns is, is very good, very solid. Well, but guess what? How many games was he catching balls from Matt Stafford last year? Four or five? Right, exactly. Okay, so, yeah, Kenny Galladay's high end. I'm just telling you, you might want to intrigue yourself and say, okay, is it enough that I could go super value at quarterback and, and be content with what I'm getting out of Matt Stafford? Yeah, throw Matt Stafford on my bench and Jimmy G or someone along those lines for a couple bucks, yeah. And you can and you can kind of stream out between Jimmy G and and Matt Stafford with Matt Stafford having a stack because you know going in, I want to put Kenny Galladay on my team, then you might just be sitting there going, okay, as soon as I know I've secured Kenny Galladay, I wait till the back half of the, of the end of the thing. Nobody really wants Matt Stafford that bad. So you'll come and you'll get him real cheap. And you can, you can really plot out where you go from Kenny Galladay all the way down now because you know you've spent that money and you can get down to Matt Stafford and, and feel comfortable. I like that. Yeah. I like that scenario, man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it remains to be seen, you know, yeah. it's always interesting. And Brad, you said that, you know, you like to have players that are on good teams and man, sometimes I really feel really strongly that I'm the same way. Like I like to have those good crisp teams and offenses, but you know, Rich, you always say that even the shittiest of teams, the lions and yeah. the, you know, uh, the dolphins, the, Panthers, I guess, you know, they might be a little better, but the Giants, they're going to have fantasy studs. They're going to have offensive performers, the Bengals. Yeah. So you got to go looking on those teams. And, you know, Kenny Galladay is a guy that I just think is really, really good. And he's on a really, you know, average or bad team. So, you know, maybe he'll spike up to that six spot for me. I will kind of amend what I've said about having people on good teams is you want to have running backs on really good teams because they're going to have the lead. They're going to want to, you know, run out the clock. They're going to give the ball to him. But wide receivers on bad teams playing catch-up is also a really good thing because mm-hmm. they need to score touchdowns. Who cares about interceptions? I'm going to go for the big Hail Mary. Let's try and get this done. So as long as they got an offense that can score, yeah. it's not a bad thing. And with the quarterbacks, Rich, you know, we also both had uh, Sam Darnold, I think, in our top 15. I also threw Daniel Jones in there at number 15. And that those are a couple plays where I'm looking at it. The defense on those two teams is just going to be so bad. So these quarterbacks are going to be, you know, playing from behind, trying to play catch up for virtually every week, you know, is what I'm thinking with the Jets and the Giants. And why I kind of like Sam Darnold is just a straight up, you know, good for probably three touchdowns a week, something like that. I think we've gravitated towards being interested in the Jets passing game just simply because of how we think their their games are going to go, how they're going to be behind in most games, uh, and having enough talent there. Uh, Sam Darnold actually didn't crack my list, but I put him down as, a, as an error of mine. I do, think, I do think I could pop him up there too. So I've got a couple of scragglers that I would kick off the bus and say, hey, you're, you're not making it. Cousin Stafford Goff. Cousin Stafford. I mean, I, I'd probably go Stafford out of there before Goff. I'd rather keep him in. But I, I, I'd want, I need to get Baker in. I talked him up a little bit earlier too. Baker, Sam Darnold, and Cam. Those guys need to make it into my list. But, yeah, I don't know what I was thinking on these quarterbacks. Yeah. Thinking anything for Daniel Jones? 
they're in the same boat. They're that type of quarterback where they're going to be behind. There's talent around, though. Very talented teams, especially with the Giants. I like that play kind of. So um, he could be a nice super value play. And, and, and honestly, it's something to check in on. I'm not going to draft him, but I've started to think about Joe Burrow, man. And if, if the kid can put a little bit of it together, let me see through about three, four weeks. But if he can start putting it together and he puts together a season probably better than what Daniel Jones did. Like, I, I'm down on Joe Burrow, but I was down on Daniel Jones. If he can come out the gate, put a little bit of it together, um, the kid's got weapons around him. You could see a situation where maybe that becomes a pretty good offense. Maybe not a great team, but a pretty good offense. Sweet. All right, fellas, we're going to wrap it up right there. And uh, appreciate everybody listening to the episode. And Thanks for uh, downloading. Thanks for checking us out on the social media. Uh, We'll be back again next week with some fresh uh, fantasy nuggets to rain down on all your uh, domes. So, uh, Brad, you got any parting thoughts for the people, man? Uh, You got anything to say before we let them go this week, bro? Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. (laughs) We'll see you next time. Rich, say goodbye. Goodbye. All right, guys, we'll wrap it up right there. So check us out next time on the Organic Football Podcast. Podcast. Late. Let's go sleep in the van. So we'd go out there, man, and it was like, the van is a rockin'. Don't come a knockin', man. That was the saying. <laughs>